Gift receipts are pretty useful around Christmas time. <laughs> it's got the price on it. Better hide that. You know how it goes? Uh, you get a gift, you think, oh, that's great. Yeah, this one, not so much. Uh, you've got to watch your facial expressions when you're opening the gifts, though, right? And inside you're going, yeah, that's going back. God gives his gift at Christmas. The things that that God gives the human race actually don't come with gift receipts. They don't. He says that you accept this as a whole or you just don't accept it. I mean, that's the choice. is obviously I can't hear your response but if you're looking at this you're probably thinking ah, I know what that is yeah of course I do it's a receipt well it's a gift receipt actually right that's well this one isn't <laughs> it's got the price on it better hide that Gift receipts are pretty useful around Christmas time and around gift giving time. Um, they are in our house anyway. We don't give any gifts without gift receipts anymore. In fact, the largest lineup in stores post Christmas is in the returns line. In fact, there are some stores who say during the Boxing Day sales, you're not actually allowed to return anything because they're so busy. Uh, but the, the, go to Costco, just go outside Costco and you see the line out, up outside the door with people returning stuff. The malls are full of, of people carrying shops, uh, shopping bags with, with receipts in them to give stuff back. You know how it goes. Uh, you get a gift, you think, oh, that's great. Yeah, this one, not so much. Uh, you've got to watch your facial expressions when you're opening the gifts though, right? Uh, and then, and then you look at them and you think, yeah. and inside you're going, yeah, that's going back. I wonder if there's a receipt. Oh yes, there is. That's a good thing. So, so you look at the stuff and it almost, almost makes us sound ungrateful, right? Some gifts we're going to keep, some gifts we were going to return. There was some gift giving in the nativity. In fact, if you look in... Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, this is what it says. I want to read it to you to make sure I get it right. Verse 10, when they saw the star, this is the wise men, right? They're the gift bringers. Probably a better gift than the little drummer boy, actually. I mean, really. I mean, honestly, if I'm Mary and a kid comes, turns up banging a drum, I'm thinking, go find somewhere else to play. I've just got the child to sleep. It's when they turn up. Listen, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house because they'd moved out of the barn by now. Right? They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Now, we're not going to go into those gifts today. We're going to do that another day. But they gave these gifts and, and, they, and they brought them. And so these gifts are delivered. They've arrived, they're delivered, and they're received. And as, and as Mary and Joseph are maybe looking at these gifts, they're thinking of gold to keep her, frankincense. 
smells nice. It's aromatic. It's good stuff. Myrrh, not so much. Uh, yeah, that's, why would they bring myrrh? Like it's a baby uh, being born and um, yeah, myrrh is more associated with other stuff. So like, well, why would they bring that? Maybe we've got a gift receipt for that. Can we take it back? We could, Like I say, we're going to talk about the gifts another time in a bit more detail. But some stuff you want to keep, some stuff you want to take back. God gives his gift at Christmas. His gift, not the gift from the wise men. Uh, he gives his gift at Christmas. Uh, the angels sing about him. Uh, his name um, is, is wonderful. His counselor is, it's, it's, is, is, is prophesied uh, what his names will be. The, the increase in his government and peace, there will be no end. Um, so he's not elected. Right, he, his government and his and his and his reign doesn't come up for renewal every four years. We always think of things like that in the West as a, as a four-year thing, but that's not what this is. His reign will have no end. You don't get to elect God. You don't get to elect His Son Jesus, uh, and He comes as a gift. He comes as friend and Lord. He comes as. A savior and rescuer. He comes as the person who will deliver his people. He also comes as savior and judge. Hmm. Any gift receipt with any of this? You see, because there's parts of that, those titles that, that I want to keep. There's parts of those things that, that appeal to me. There's parts of those things that I like. But there's other parts that I'm, I'm sort of looking for the gift receipt on so that I can take them back. And I'll leave it to you to decide which bits you're more comfortable with. Probably friendship rather than Lord, boss. Probably savior rather than judge. But, but we look at these things and we think, well, can I, can I take the bits that I like and can I return the other bits? Can I, can I keep the appealing bits to me? Um, but can I then also return the bits that are less appealing or less socially acceptable or, or, or harder for my friendship group to wrestle with? Um, uh, I, I like this, but I, I really don't want to accept this. So, so when I look at this, this book as the whole, whole chunk that it is, there's bits that I like, but there's other bits that I, that I don't. So maybe then I'll just disregard this as the authoritative word of God because I don't actually want to keep all the bits. But you see, as we look at this, this this has always actually been the case with God and his gifts to human beings. If you look at God's history with the human race, the things that that God gives the human race actually don't come with gift receipts. They don't. He says that you accept this as a whole or you just don't accept it. I mean, that's the choice. Um, and, and it actually starts way back in, Exodus chapter three, verse 14, there's this, there's this man called Moses wandering around the desert and he goes over to see a burning bush and God speaks to him from this burning bush. And he gives him a bunch of instructions. Most of them, Moses is not very comfortable with. And so he asks God this, he says, um, well, can you give me um, your name as a reference so that when people, when I go to people and I give them this message and they ask me, well, who told you? So I can at least give them your name. And the name that God gives Moses in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14, right at the beginning of the Bible, uh, like, like second book in the Bible says, right at the beginning of the story, 
God gives him this name to give, and, it, and his name is quite strange. It says, I am. I am what I am. It's sort of like right at the beginning of the book. God is unapologetically setting out the fact that, hey, I'm God. I am what I am. He doesn't say to Moses, I am whatever you want me to be. He doesn't say that. He says, I am what I am. You accept me as I am or you don't accept me. And he doesn't, like I say, he doesn't apologize for that. And then if you jump forward a little bit later, you go all the way, if you, if you want to Psalms, Psalm 51, David, the king, the songwriter, the, the giant killer, that David, the, the man that we talked about who was pursuing the presence of God and the box that God lived in at that time, lived on, not in. That David, he writes this psalm, and in the psalm it says this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. Restore in me the joy of your salvation. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. And, and it's, not a, it's not a negotiation. See, David has realized at this point that he's done a bunch of stuff wrong. I should actually read it to you, shouldn't I? Because it's a great psalm. And we, 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 we sort of cherry pick the psalm when we read it. So this is what it says when I read it to you. Have mercy on me, O God, in verse one. That's what he says. Wash me clean in verse two. For I recognize my rebellion <laughs> against you and you alone have I sinned. I was born as a sinner. That's what he says in verse five. But you desire honesty and you desire wisdom. That's what he says in verse six. In verse seven, purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back the joy of the salvation. Don't keep looking on my sin. Remove my stain of guilt from me. Creating me a clean heart is what he says in verse 10. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Don't banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from it. Do you see that? Like renew your joy in me. Don't banish me and don't and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. You see, he realizes it's not a negotiation. There's either a choice that he can have the joy of God in him or he can have the Holy Spirit removed from him. He can be banished. It's not, can I take this bit and just keep that bit? Can I? He doesn't do that. He realizes it's an absolute direct choice. And, it, and it's strange because that, that follows on from, hey, hey, you know, I am who I am. You accept me as I am or, or you don't accept me. And, and David echoes that in Psalm 51. Now, in John chapter 6, Jesus feeds a bunch, of, a bunch of hungry people and they're all there and they're happy with the meal. But then they're all happy to get the free food. They're all happy to get the handout. They're all happy to get the good stuff. 
But then later in John chapter 6 and verse, verse 42-ish and from verse 43 and from then onwards, Jesus starts to lay out some pretty hard things for them to understand. And it says that they started to desert him. And they started to walk away to such an extent that Jesus turns to his disciples and he says this. He says, are you going to leave me too? These are his best boys, his his tightest followers. And he says to them, this is hard stuff. Are you going to leave me too? And they reply to them, which is brilliant. John chapter 6 and verse 68. Peter turns around and says, hey, where would we go? You're the only one with the words of eternal life. Where would we go? Yeah, this may be hard teaching. This may be hard stuff to hear, but it's the words of eternal life. And that's actually what we need. And we're going to cling to it even when it's tough. He didn't say, give me the gift receipt. I'll send it back because now it's getting hard. He didn't say that. Peter said, where would we go? You know, Jesus himself came to a point just like that. What, Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus himself did. If you don't believe me, you can look it up in Luke chapter 22 and verse 42. Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. This is the reason God sent him to earth. He's about to be crucified on a cross. It's the reason for all of this. And at that point, Jesus looks to his disciples. He says, my soul is crushed to the point of death. And he prays to God. He says this. He says, if it's possible, if it's possible, I can be spared this death. Then please, but not your will, not my will be done, but yours. I want to do your will, not mine. Jesus at that point doesn't say, hey, listen, it's it's been great. and, And I've enjoyed doing the miracles, loved walking on the water. That was so much fun. Great time feeding the the. The, the 5,000 and, and then the 4,000 later on. We had fun at that wedding in Cana when we turned the water in the wine. That was great. Uh, I loved re- saying those really harsh things to the religious people who were just Neh, all the time. And yeah, I, you know, but, but hey, like now, now when it's going to get really, really tough, um, like uh, how about the gift receipt? Uh, can, I, can I get out of this bit? But then he prays and he says, Nevertheless, I want your will to be done, not mine. I want your will to be done, not mine. Wow. You might be thinking, why are we talking about this so close to Christmas? Well, because a bunch of us are about to return gifts. A bunch of us are. A bunch of us, we love the whole nativity scene. We love the kids dressed up as angels with tinsel and flappy wings. We love the shepherds walking around in the church with, with towels over their heads and dressing gowns on and ropes around their head and, and, and kids saying and singing all the wrong stuff and saying all the wrong lines and running off the stage and greeting their parents. We love all that sentimental stuff. But that's not why Jesus came. 
Jesus came so that we could face the hard choices in life and make the right decisions. He came to be savior and judge. He came to be both and I can't take one back and keep the other. I can't do that. And you know, I have to ask myself a question of the gift that God has given me in Jesus. What bits would I want to take back? You see, we live in such a society that is so geared towards us having just what we want and and taking just what we want from life and and choosing jobs that that give us just what we want rather rather than us fulfilling the, the responsibilities and desires of our employers. We want the time off. We want the we want the expense accounts. We want the we want we want even even want to be paid for our travel time. We were having this well, a conversation the other day, sitting around at the men's breakfast. Um, lots of deep things happening at the men's breakfast lately. We're sitting around and, and and we were saying like, yeah, now people actually get paid for their travel time to work. I didn't. I don't. But that's the environment we live in. We expect God to cut us all these favors. And to, but, but he looks at us in the same way that he looked at Moses and says, hey, I am who I am. And it's up to you to decide whether you want to accept me for as I am, because I'm actually not going to change for you. I'm not. He, he won't change for me. He won't change so that I don't have to take my gift receipt back. He won't change to fit into my social niceties. He won't. He won't do that. But what he will do, he'll come and say, hey, I have a gift for you. It's called eternal life. And, uh, and if you'd like to accept it, these are the conditions. If you'd like to accept the gift of eternal life, this is, this is what I expect in return. And as I ask myself that question, I wonder what I would return of the gift of God if I had a choice and was able to do it. I've got to ask myself then, hey, hey, do I even have a choice? You see, because once I recognize the need that I desperately need to be rescued from my, from my, my wrong ways and the wrong things that I do, that I desperately need, like David wrote in Psalm 51, Hey, I'm, I'm a sinner from birth. I've done all this countless stuff that's wrong. I, I'm, I'm, I'm rebellious by nature. I need to be rescued from that. Please, God, don't take away the joy of your salvation. Uh, and don't remove your Holy Spirit from me. When I get to that same point of desperation that David did, I'm faced with the fact that I cannot return any of the gift that God has given me. I wonder if you're faced with that fact too. I pray that we would have the courage and the guts that it takes, like I often say, to receive the whole gift from God and not reach for the receipt in our pocket and say, hmm, yeah, maybe I'll take that bit back. Comes as a package. He's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He arrived as a gift in Bethlehem. didn't come with a gift receipt. Hey, bless you. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. 
I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. I am working all things for your good. I will withhold no good thing from you. I am your shield and your great reward. I am your light and your salvation. I am the stronghold of your life. I will give you eternal life. I will give you abundant life. I will give you peace. I will give you rest. I will give good gifts to those who ask me, and I will give strength to the weary, power to the weak. I am close to the brokenhearted, and I will comfort those who mourn. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will hear you, forgive you, and heal you. I will be found by those who seek me. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will do whatever you ask in my name. I will listen to you. I will fight for you. I will set you free and I will not change. I will redeem your life from the pit and crown you with love and compassion. I will finish the good work I have begun in you. I will never blot your name out of the book of life. I will come back and take you to be with me. I will deliver you and you will honor me.
Thank you.